0: Welcome to episode 22 of Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board certified behavior analysts Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, our hosts are joined by our guest, Vicki Westra, to discuss the topic of parental stress, particularly from a lens of a parent raising a daughter with autism. Vicki shares her perspective on how she navigated her stress and concerns of parenting and how she came to a place of happiness by being intentional and aware. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Will, a Rethink division, an employer-provided digital well-being solution to support parents and caregivers of children with learning, social, and behavioral challenges. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondy.
1: Hello and welcome to our 22nd episode of Behaviorally Speaking, I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two.
2: And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of three. Hi, Angie. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. So hopefully I don't sound like I'm in an auditorium this time. Is sounding a little better to you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so last episode, if you listened, I definitely sounded like I was in, like I work in a big auditorium. Um, so, hopefully, when we listen back to this one, I don't still sound that way. So we'll you see. sound good. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's dive into our podcast episode today. And today we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. parental stress. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going to be a great one. So. When parents are stressed, they aren't able to be the best parent that they can be. And so it's really important to learn how to address, but also how to manage that stress. And it goes back to, I think we've referenced this before on our podcast, I'm sure, the oxygen mask. When you're on the airplane, they say, put your mask on first, and then you can put your children's masks on. And it really is just like that. So before we dive in today, Maybe our listeners could take a minute and think about what's causing you stress. And of course, we'll talk about how you can manage that in just a minute. So when I was doing some research on this topic, one thing I found to help reduce stress is to have a goal in mind. And it seems kind of simple, right? Oh, yes, of course, we have to have a goal. But I guess we can't just say, like, I'm stressed out and then expect things to get better. So... Take a minute and think about your stressors and, and set a goal for managing that stress. And then today, of course, we'll give you some helpful strategies to do just that. So with that said, we have a really special guest today, and, and I'm really excited to introduce this person. So when we were thinking about who might be a really good guest for today, I immediately thought of Vicki Westra. So Vicki and I go way back. I had the pleasure of working with her daughter many years ago. and Vicki then and, and now continues to be a really great role model when it comes to navigating the challenges that come along with parenting and then of course, managing that stress. Yeah, absolutely. Vicki, do you want to maybe introduce yourself? tell
1: tell our listeners a little bit about you and and your daughter and and the folk the focus of your company and all the great work you're doing right now.
3: Absolutely. Well, first of all, it's such a pleasure to, to be on. Thank you for the invite to kind of share our story. And this is certainly a relevant topic for us, as we, mm-hmm. we also experienced lots of stress. But um, anyway, just to give you a little bit of background about our family, you know, my, my husband, Pierre, and I uh, got married many, many, many years ago and had, you know, kind of the the dream that a lot of us have to, you know, to have a family. And Of course, in our minds, it's the perfect family, and uh, as it would have it, you know, we weren't able to have our own uh, children, but we decided to adopt from um, from actually a foreign country, Romania. And at the time, we, we had just gotten in with this, this group uh, that, was, that we're adopting from Armenia and we're having a lot of success. They were bringing uh, the children over. Um, they obviously had some challenges to begin with, but they seemed to integrate really well into um, the family and the community. And so we kind of went that route. And uh, so we adopted our daughter, Gabby. We intended to adopt her early. Uh, When she was like less than a year old, but as it would have it, um, we didn't get her till she was a little over two years old. And so by that time she had she came already with a lot of the effects of an orphanage setting. Right. They, you know, I'm sure we've all heard the stories, um, but she had very little love and care for her first couple of years. So we knew there was going to be some challenges associated with that, but certainly not the challenges that we encountered and not the levels of stress that came with that. Of course, our goal was to support our daughter through the transition period. And we pretty much tried to provide every resource we could. Um, but at some point, I knew, you know, as she was not catching up, as um, you know, she was not making the progress that we expected, that there was something else going on. So we started Going down the route of all the testing and what could be wrong, you know, brain scans and all sorts of neurological tests. And basically, at the age of four, is diagnosis of PDD, NOS, um, you know, autism, right? And at that time, because our daughter today, Gabby, is 25. I what can't it believe is she's 25 already. 25, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I know, time goes by. Again, those years were really, really challenging because of so many factors, you know, her behavioral issues, her uh, lack of being able to communicate with us, self-injurious behaviors. I mean, there was just a lot that we were dealing with at the time. So it became a very stressful period in our lives. Basically, the journey for me became one of, uh, well, Getting to the, kind of the pit of despair at some point, thinking, oh my gosh. Life should not be this tough. <laughs> you know, uh, there's just something that I'm missing. And I think that was a key turning point in in my journey. It's like, I'm missing something because it, it shouldn't be this way. I knew that life was supposed to be more joyful. I was, you know, naturally a very joyful person. I had a joyful type of personality. And so it really became my personal mission to find my my place of well-being, emotional and mental, and how do I deal with this myself before I could help Gabby, of course, deal with everything that she was going through. And um, so at some point I decided, you know, the journey took me to leave my corporate job. I had been, um, you know, in a senior level position, but I knew it was time to leave. And really, I think what was calling me is to just get more involved with autism, to really uh, get a deeper level of understanding. And so I, I did. I started a coffee company and a nonprofit for autism. And those came together very beautifully in a program that really trained baristas, <laughs> coffee, in the coffee <laughs> business, but uh, in a coffee shop um, inside a, um, a dealership here locally in Tampa. Got the opportunity to work with some amazing young adults and really kind of get an inside look into the world of autism.
1: Thanks so much, Vicki, for for sharing that story. Um, I think that kind of goes nicely into our our question for you, which is, you know, you're taking care of others. You're taking care of your, your daughter. You have your family. You have your own job. And you guys are working on such amazing, amazing things right now. And maybe you can share with us a little bit about how you take care of yourself and kind of manage your stress and be able to stay energized in everything that you do.
3: Well, yes. And that that was certainly part of the, the path for me is, um, you know, we use an emotional scale. Um, I usually keep it behind me, but since this is audio, I'll kind of share a little bit about what that scale is. Kind of the, the three levels, and we, we kind of made this to, to keep it really simple. But we have three zones: we have the red zone, the yellow zone, and the green zone. And the red zone is when we are experiencing you know levels of stress and anxiety. So you know anywhere from worry, and there's different levels. There's 22 levels on the chart broken up. Um, obviously, there's more emotions in this, but you know some of the common emotions are like worry. Um, you know, anger, frustration, Um, at the bottom, you know, is fear, it's discouragement, total discouragement, like despair, depression, you know, so we can experience all those levels uh, in the red zone. Yellow is more neutral, where, you know, there's, there's some emotions like contentment or boredom, they're, they're kind of slightly negative, maybe, or slightly positive, or maybe just neutral. Um, So, you know, kind of, Yellow is a much better place to be than red, of course. Mm But what we want to do is we want to move ourselves into what we call the green zone. And so if you think of a stoplight, you know, red is like, okay, stop, or you got to slow down, right? It's like, don't keep moving forward when you're in red. Yellow is just like, okay, be cautious. And, And green is like, I'll go. So green, like you step in at hope. You step in at hope and then you can move up, continue to move up the scale to optimism, positive expectation, excitement, you know, uh, passion. And then at the very top, like things like joy and love and freedom. And it's just that's when we're most connected to who we were really created to be. And so, you know, to answer the question for me, it became, okay. what tools and processes, first of all, do I have to move myself into the green zone? Mm-hmm. It became, you know, for me, finding what those tools are. Because obviously if I'm in a place of stress, and that's that's initially what would happen for so many years, like we would visually see Gabby having a behavioral issue, a meltdown, doing something we didn't quite get. And it would immediately put us into the red zone, my husband and I. So now, like, we're all in the red zone. We can't support each other in the red zone. So, as a parent and caregiver, that makes it even more important that you equip yourself with what you need to get to move into the, the green zone. You know, and for me, it became things like, Taking time to meditate, takes taking some time by myself, you know, uh, mm-hmm. doing something I liked, you know, whether it was reading, even if it's 15 or half an hour, but it's spending time to fill yourself up. At some point, it became a lot more tools that we created. But ultimately, early on, even with my husband and I, um, our physician said, hey, take time for date nights, right? Mm-hmm. And we we're thinking, oh my God, how can we? How can we leave? You know, we right, right. I mean, Gabby. But that really became so key for us as a couple that we would take time just to decompress and get away from it and refill ourselves because then we were so much better able to then be in a good place and stay in a good place for her until we can take our next break. So I would say for parents out there that are feeling like, "Oh gosh, I can't," my parent, you know, my child needs me. Um, that's the best thing you could do for your child because you in the green zone is the best gift you can give your child. When you're connected, when you're feeling hopeful, positive, optimistic, they can feel it. And so it helps them, even energy-wise, to get into a better feeling place. I love that. It, it's almost like permissioning yourself to
1: take care of yourself and mm-hmm. do things that make you happy. And I I think you also hit on something that's really interesting and that I, I can absolutely appreciate, which is identifying where you are, right? Am mm-hmm. I, and maybe you are kind of giving it a color or giving it a name or a category and where am I? And then- Kristen, to your earlier point, like I want to set a goal to get out of that space, to get Mm -hmm. into a better space, like the green zone. How do I do that? So it's, it's, I feel like the way you described it, it just makes it seem more doable yeah.
3: So yeah. Well, you bring up a really good point, Angie, is that awareness is key. And mm-hmm. so having a system like this, even with your child, because we we started using this like early on, this red zone, yellow zone. And we would make it okay for each other, like, okay, mom's in the red zone, I'm gonna go take, you know. But first it is awareness. It's being so aware because sometimes we're on like auto autopilot or we're unconscious. We're going through our day unconsciously and just, Mm -hmm. we don't even know where we're at. Like sometimes if you ask like, okay, how are you feeling and what caused you to feel like that? We kind of stop. like, I'm not sure, you know, awareness to it. Like, okay, what am I feeling right now? And why, why am I feeling that way? You know, always make feelings okay because, hey, we're human, you know, so never like beat yourself up because that that just keeps you deeper in the red zone, but just make them okay. Like, hey, I'm feeling frustrated because this happened, you know, make Mm -hmm. it okay. But then make it your ultimate goal. Hey, I need to take a few moments to, you know, mom needs some time. And and you know what? It's good for children to see us doing that. Like, this Mm -hmm. is an example of self-regulation, right? It's like, make it okay. Be aware. You're showing them that it's good to be aware of your emotions. And it's good to take a time out and, you know, regroup, breathe, you know, do something you'd like for a little while. It's okay.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say that I think that that's one one of the more important pieces that I'm hearing there is recognition of your own emotions, but also modeling that appropriate response for your kids, and then allowing them to do the same thing. So um, we talk a lot in, in our podcast about just like visual supports. So I'm just like, picturing this beautiful chart, you know, you've got your red, your yellow, your green zones. So, um, you know, I urge our parents, our listeners, you can make a chart like that, you know, and then beside really? it, you could write like, Hey, here's what you can do when you're in the red zone for parents and for kids. So yeah, totally. I think that's great. Yeah. So I think we've kind of touched on, on some of the, you know, some of the challenges that you've seen and and even some of the strategies maybe that you have that, that you've used and, um, I think one other question that I have and maybe this will be helpful for some of our our listeners are um you know I, you had mentioned like date nights with your husband and and so you know what are some other ways maybe if you could think of a couple others ways that you guys have shared that load so you've been able to say okay this is something that or or kind of like push something off to the other person or you know or what advice might you have for other families if maybe there's only one parent in in the picture and they're you know they don't have someone else that they can share the load with
3: yes i have so much respect for you know single moms or single dads but yeah with with our you know relationship and in our family at some point we made it like our priority to live in the green zone like mm-hmm. how do we as a family spend yeah. as much time in the green zone as possible right and so part of that process was for us was always to check in and see where we were at it was a rare time that both of us were just feeling depleted you know and so we really use that as you know like being able to support each other if he was better able to handle it at that moment that really helps you know that you have two people really um participating in it and and again not not uh judging somebody for being in mm-hmm. the right it's like making it okay so having like a safe and supportive creating a safe and supportive environment at home to make emotions okay and to just say hey they're just part of our you know what how we are as humans and if we're all working towards the same goal which is you know how do we get how do we help our family as a whole be in the green zone that's a collective goal for the family right you know when you're in a good place, you you predetermine, hey, here's some things that really as a family we can do to get in the green zone. And that way you have, you already have a roadmap. Yeah. I was just going to say, Angie and I talk about this a lot, and we've probably
2: mentioned this before, but having like a family meeting, and we might've mentioned it, you know, a podcast episode before this, but I was just talking to a parent today about that, you know, having that time where you say, this is our family meeting. We, we're going to have this every week. And this is a perfect example of having that meeting and reflecting and saying, how'd last week go? Where were we at in our, in our zones? And how is, it, how, did, how's everyone, how is everyone feeling about last week? How are we feeling about next week? So I think that that can be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, you know, for children, it's so good because, you know, oftentimes as parents, if, if your child is having some type of behavioral issue, there's something going on. It's mm-hmm. not that they want to misbehave. You know, we they may be getting attention for misbehaving and that could be a reward. But for the most part, um, now, when I look at it, if Gabby's having a difficult time or she's doing something, I don't quite understand that's showing she's frustrated. it's really good to take the time to say, Hey, I see you're you know, you're you might be in the yellow or the you know, you might be feeling, you know, kind of red zone. Do you know what's happening? And to get them to reflect on, you know, what is happening right now and not jump to the conclusion that they're just, hey, they're just acting out because that that totally put us in the red zone. Um, But it's really taking the time to start making those connections for them. And I would say this is for any child, but particularly in the autism community, sometimes making those kind of uh, connections between feelings emotions you know that's why we say well individuals with autism don't have good social connections I found that as we train our students on this emotional chart oh my god it's almost like they've just never understood it but once Mm, you get them up to speed on it self- management, emotional management of yourself and knowing where you're at translates to good awareness of others and where they might Mm -hmm. be at. So it's a great skill that you can help your child develop that will serve them well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Vicki, I was wondering if we can go into some social supports when we were thinking about stress as a parent uh, and this kind of Go, cuts across all parents, I think, mm-hmm. you know, having that social support can be really helpful. Um, maybe there, you are a single parent, or maybe you um, just would really benefit from having a, you know, your tribe, as we hear it called oftentimes mm-hmm. now, your group of friends. Um, wow. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your, so, you know,
3: circle of support and how you found that circle of support. Totally. Well, let me and I, you know, I did want to address this. If you're a single parent, having a community or having a group can really then support you as well. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it's finding people that kind of, you know, align with your strategies of, you know, being in a good feeling place. And, and being able to support each other in that. So, Hey, if you've got, you know, if you know, another parent who has children, then you could swap off, you know, Hey, I'll take them for this. And then you take them for that. And you're mm-hmm. giving each other that same time to re-energize, right. To reconnect, to who you are. So I wanted to, to say that, but it does tie into this theme, which is how do you find a good support group? And for us early on, because we were in such a really a negative feeling place. And at yeah. the time we were looking for support, but we were still in this negative um, world, you know, not really, not really having set the intention yet. Like we really want to live in a good feeling place. Right. And so guess what? We connected to people that were in the same space energy space that we were in Mm -hmm. right they were not feeling good and they really didn't have any intention it was just like woe is me right we can get into kind of a victim type mentality oh my gosh let me tell you how bad it is in my house you know and we hear all these stories and we would go okay well maybe we don't have it so bad but we weren't leaving feeling uplifted and encouraged Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, there's a path for us. And so I would say to parents, the first thing is set the intention of what, you know, where you want to go, you know, setting the intention of, hey, I want to be connected to a supportive, uplifting group. I want to get myself in a better feeling space. You know, you might not have that terminology green zone, but you could use that. You know, I want to get myself in the green zone and, and. Setting that intention does so much because you're putting that out. You're putting that out into mm-hmm. the universe, you know, that energy of, and guess what? I mean, that's how we started connecting to people that were like-minded, right? Oh, you know, started to get into, you know, and that's where I met Kristen, of course, and our daughter had really good success with ABA because the whole premise was look for what's going right, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Look at the positive things that your child is doing. You know, if you're looking at the negative all the time, then you're going to get more negative because that's, you know, like attracts like. That's what you're focused on. So, how do we start shifting ourselves to focus on, you know, the positive things? What, what's my child, you know, doing that's really awesome? What are their unique talents and interests, you know? And mm-hmm. so, again, if you get in a group like this, and Gabby is a, it's called a minimal speaker. She's kind of part of the non-speaking community. We have this awesome community that just thinks she's awesome. Their kids are awesome. They're looking, oh, they're, of course, they're going to do great things. You know, mm-hmm. there's much courage. And what does that do that keeps you going as a parent? right that keeps you encouraged and that's what we need you know we need to stay encouraged and and uplifted and and positive about our future
1: yeah absolutely yeah. i think it's you know it's we're human and we're going to have those low days and it's just natural you know to to have these oscillating emotions but i like what you said about you know set an intention i'm going to be surrounding myself with people that make me feel good and that you know, help me strive to to be in that good place. And I think we all know those friends or coworkers or you know, when you talk to them, you're automatically kind of spiraling down. It's just a constant complaint after complaint. And it just doesn't I don't know if it serves us very well. So I I, I think it goes back to that awareness piece too. Just, you know, how am I feeling about these interactions and, and what do I want for myself and my family? So that that really resonate resonates with me. Right. And sometimes yeah. I
3: Sometimes our families can even be kind of negative, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, you know, I've heard some situations about, you know, family interactions that aren't that positive. So we just have to start making those choices for ourselves, you know, about who we surround ourselves with. And honestly, that was a a big part of why we created Autism Shifts is really, you know, it was the educational piece. It was really to teach everything that we've learned about how do we keep ourselves in a place of well-being right emotional and mental and even physical well-being right how do we do that and then obviously it's it's about the community and it's about green zone community right and if you've got a green zone community that's just encouraging and supports each other and it's not just about us but community you know hey my child needs this oh I you know I encountered that and this is what I did to keep them going you know so you always have some um, good feedback good input good ideas ideas, suggestions. And um, and so community is so powerful. So connect with it. Obviously, we'd love to invite you to connect with Autism Shifts, but find a community that's going to provide you that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And I was thinking too, just kind of uh, something else you said, so I wanted to mention it again. But um, I I have a saying that I say to parents a lot, what you water grows. So really paying attention to what what you're doing. What are you paying attention to when it comes to your kid? Because if you're only paying attention to all the things that are going wrong throughout the day, then that's what they're seeing too. And they're thinking, oh, I'm doing this and I'm not doing this. And, um, you know, so it's, if you can really, again, change your intention, what are you pointing out with your kids? It can go a long way.
3: Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. And I share that with, with, with parents. It's like, I was creating that for ourselves because I was focused on what Gabby was doing, you know, what she wasn't doing right. Right. Mm -hmm. We get into such a cycle of that. And it wasn't until, you know, we worked personally with someone who came into our home, um, ABA, and, uh, and really kind of observed us that told us, you know, really focused on the, the positive things she's mm-hmm. doing. I remember thinking yeah. at that point, oh, my God, I don't know if she is doing anything. Like, I, I really, like, I was so overwhelmed by negative but that was kind of a, a pivoting point, too, for us is, is just starting to shift our focus into just all the positives. Hey, things we can appreciate. You know, one of the things we teach is appreciation. Uh, appreciation goes so far. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's at the top of the list, by the way. The green zone list is, is the very top level is appreciation. So easy way we could do is just start looking for things to appreciate. Oh yeah, that goes I feel like that goes throughout everything. Your your friendships, your marriage,
2: your kids. Like that's, that's a that's a big one. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Good. So you kinda of touched on this a little bit, but a um, couple more questions Angie and I have that we thought of. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about your thoughts and you kinda of touched on it a bit about um, your thoughts around your acceptance of your child and and the importance of that. we We talked about it a lot during the last podcast episode too, but I think it's a really nice message to send to other families
3: mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. this this one's such a biggie. and and again, um probably, you know, when I say we had some shifting points, this is probably the biggest uh, shifting mm-hmm. point uh, for us and And it came with looking at the positives, like what are gabby's? What right. is who is she? You know? what does she bring into this world? And there were so many things, but you know, when you're not focused on that, of course it makes it more difficult. But I would say that one of the biggest lessons she's taught me and she's taught our family is unconditional love. And, and that acceptance of who your child is like right here and now, like Mm -hmm. not when they learn how to do this or not when they change to meet my expectations. It's like, Find the path to loving your child just for who they are. Number one, they are so energetic. They are on a whole different, you know, multi-sensory plane often than we are. And they can mm-hmm. feel it. They can feel our energy. Oh, yeah. And it's our energy themselves. Like, you're not good enough. You're not doing this well. You can't do anything right. And all that negative feedback that we might not even say the words, but mm-hmm. we're thinking it translate so much to them and many of them just because they're on the autism spectrum already don't feel like they're okay. But now as a parent, you know, that influence of, yeah, you're not okay. You need to change. You need to, mm-hmm. you know, be okay. someone else. So I will tell you that when I realized that and I shifted to the work to do on myself as just love Gabby. Just, she, this is who she came in the world to be And that was a major shifting point in our relationship because she felt it. They feel it when when they feel it, and you know that's what we create here at Autism Shifts for our students. And a lot of times it's the first time they felt that way because we do. We see kind of like what's inside. There's so much going on. There's so many so much beauty in you. There's so many great things. You have a life on purpose, and for someone to see that can make such a difference in how you feel about yourself and what you feel is possible for you. And so as we shifted that, and we would tell Gabby, you know, all things are possible for you. We don't know how the path is going to unfold, but you've got a purpose being here. And she knew we meant it. It just increased her level of self-acceptance and self-love. You know, that's been a path for her as well. But this is a biggie. So I would really encourage families out there, if, you know, again, if you're saying the words, really examine that. But even your energy coming in, your thoughts about them, start really examining those. Take time to like shine a light on those and really say, is this true? Because usually if it makes us feel bad, it's not true. So how do we get to a place where we identify what is true, what really does make us feel good when we think it, when we say it? And we just go back to that. We repeat it over and over and over again until it becomes our belief system, our new belief system.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that this is our last question already. We're getting down to it. Um <laughs> You know, I know we're going into April, which is a a lot of, you know, a month filled with a lot of celebrations um, for the autism community. And so, you know, we thought we'd kind of end on kind of asking you about, you know, through your work with the autism community, raising a child with autism, who's now a young adult, um, do you have one piece of advice, kind of like, what's your takeaway message for parents raising children with autism that you can leave everybody with?
3: Well, and I'm going to probably go general on this is is when I look at the autism and neurodiverse communities at what has changed for us as a community, it's been really moving at a very snail space, right? Very slowly. There's been very few changes. Um, It's been, you know, if we look at the unemployment rate right now or the independence rate for our community, it's very low, right? And so I think It hasn't changed much. But when I come back to it, I think, who is responsible for that? And it's us within the autism community. We are responsible, right? It's our community. It's like we've got to get ourselves totally in the green zone. As a community, you know, a neurodiverse community, I go back to the LGBTQ community and see what they've done, right? At some, some point, they weren't getting employed. They weren't being able to live their life on purpose. And, you know, now we have pride parades and people are feeling good about themselves. You know, same thing with the black community and the women's, you know, movement. I mean, every movement that has existed, it's because the community itself, got up to speed with who they are so what i would leave parents with is before we create that in the external world we have to create it within our own world so how can we each participate in that what can Mm -hmm. we do today for each family to get our families in the green zone when you have a family in the green zone that thinks yes Everything can happen for my child. Yes, of course we're going to find the resources. Yes, of course we're going to connect to the right people. Then we're going to see this really shift. And our mission at Autism Shifts is to create exponential shifts within you know, our community, right? By transformational education, by equipping us with the tools and processes we need, by providing this positive, supportive environment that can keep you in, you know, focused in that place. But man, you know, a small group can do great things. And uh so that's how I feel as us as the community. It's us. So we've got to get up with it before people on the external world can see how amazing and how gifted and how talented our community really is.
2: Yeah. Awesome. That's so good. And and I think, you know, what I'm hearing is, you know, you're talking obviously about a larger community of people with autism and neurodiverse communities, but um, also even within your family unit, you know, I think one big takeaway here that I'm hearing, and even for my own family is, you know, kind of live in the moment and, and, and be intentional in the way that you're parenting and the way that you are thinking about your parenting and set goals and, so, so yeah, this has been so so wonderful to have you here. Um I'm so happy we were able to bring you on and wow. um this has been really great and I hope that all of our listeners have really enjoyed um our episode today and um so thanks for joining us on our 22nd episode of Behaviorally Speaking. Our next episode will be discussing mental well-being for children. So Join us for that one. And until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you'll never miss an episode.
0: You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi, brought to you by Will, a Rethink Division. Find out more at will.com. You can find past podcast episodes under the Resources tab. We also invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and content for future episodes. Until next time, have a great day.